as usual, I wanted to talk about something, but the Lord kind of led me all around it and through it, so I'm going to talk about it as well. Last week we talked about gifts, um, and I kind of want to talk about that, how, how we've kind of overcomplicated it, kind of what I do every Sunday, how we've kind of overcomplicated a simple message, but um, in the same way we've done that with gifts and tried to make it a lot more complicated than it is, try to make it intimidating and scary or, or um, you know, better than or worse than, and we want to compartmentalize everything. We, we just naturally want to compartmentalize things. Um, and I've had some great discussions this week with, with some of you guys that have, like, talked to me about different things and challenged me on some things and really good discussions this week. So it's, it's, got, me, it's got me thinking a lot um, and not sleeping much. But uh, we're going to be in Matthew 7, if you want to turn there. We're going we're gonna to read a lot of scripture. A lot of times I kind of stick to, to something uh, in one specific spot and, and sometimes bounce around. But we're going to go through a lot of scripture. We'll go all the way 7, 1, all the way to 15, 20, whoa, 28. 29, all the way down to 29. And I print them out. I have a Bible and I have a digital Bible, but I always print them out because the letters are bigger and I can like put them in bold and underline things. It's just easier for me. So, uh, but anyway, so we'll start Matthew. I'm going to read through it and then we're going to talk about it. And then if we have time, I'm going to read back through it in the message because I, I, I love, I continue to tell you all this. I love Eugene Peterson's wording. He goes back to the Greek. The, the Greek is very colorful language and their words have a lot deeper and, and just really neat meanings, and he's able to express that a little bit better in some of these. So uh, we may go back through that because it's really good. Uh, these scriptures are as well. kind of helps understand it a little bit better. Um, how many of you guys have ever been intimidated reading scripture, like trying to understand it? I have. Um, and so that's what, I, <laughs> that's what I hope. I hope to clarify some of this thing through the Holy Spirit in me, um, to resonate with the Holy Spirit in you, uh, to kind of clarify some of this stuff so that we're not confused. Um, because that's not what the Lord wants us for us to be confused. So we'll go through this and, and uh, hopefully be able to dissect it a little bit. Uh, Matthew 7, 1 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Now, everybody loves that. They get it tattooed, decoupaged. <laughs> they want to stop right there. Don't judge me. Don't judge me, which really they mean don't condemn me. And none of us have the power of condemnation, so it's really dumb to just say that. But we won't, I won't chase that rabbit too far. Verse 2 says, For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you judge... Uh, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Um, and we're going to look at this in its whole context. So try to try to remember he's 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 continuing. We we break these things up into uh, scriptures, but this is a long, This is all together. This kind of all goes together, and even before and after it goes together. So try to try to bear try to come along with me to maintain the the same thought throughout this this whole this whole deal. Um, verse three. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. <clears throat> Don't give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. That seems, seems kind of out of place there, but it's not, and I'm going to explain in a minute. Ask, seek, knock. Verse 7 says, ask, and it will be given to you. Now, this is what we talked a little bit about worship. He's not talking about seeking the Lord here. He's asking, he's, he's talking about the Father's relationship with his Son. He's talking about a reconciled relationship with the Father that we have now in the new covenant through Jesus Christ. So he's saying, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find it. Knock and the door will be open. Seems simple enough. We've really overcomplicated that too. For everyone who asks receives. Simple. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son... Listen to the language. He's talking, he's talking about our relationship with the Father. <clears throat> so he's giving a parallel here. Which of you, if your son, speaking to fathers, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, and you got to think about this as radical language back then. He's talking about God the Father. Your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law of the prophets. <clears throat> Verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And I want to come back, come back to that, because how many of you, uh, either growing up or since you've been in church, have heard that as far as the narrow gate is making the right decisions and doing the right thing, and the broad gate was making bad decisions. Have y'all heard it preached that way? That's not what he's talking about at all. Hopefully clarify that in a minute. 
um, and only a few find it. Uh, verse 15, watch out for false prophets. Now, remember, he's speaking. He's going all the way through this. He hasn't stopped. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears fruit. Every good tree bears good fruit. Remember that. But a bad free, a bad free, a bad tree bears what? Bad fruit. Simple, right? A good tree sometimes bears bad fruit. Cannot bear bad fruit. Think about this now. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. There's the language again. Father, who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out many demons, and in your name perform perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words, what words? Everything he's talking about before this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What's the rock? Jesus. It's faith in Jesus, not works, but on the rock in Jesus. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had, it had its foundations on the rock. What's the rock? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. What do you think sand is? Works. It's your own self-righteousness. It's your own ability to get somewhere without Christ. That sand, that's building it on your own abilities, on your own, uh, on your self-righteousness, basically. And this sounds so much like what we've been talking about, and I hadn't even got to this when we've been talking about it. What happens, what happens when you do that? The rain comes down, stream, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and what happened? It fell apart with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Now think about this. Let's put this kind of in context here. He's speaking to a bunch of people, and these people have heard um, the law, and they understand the law. They've tried to put in practice the law, and they've fallen apart. <laughs> they've failed miserably at trying to, to achieve this thing on their own. And now, that, now here comes this guy speaking as though he's the son of the Father God and, and calling himself that in, in very radical speech, teaching them. They're all probably a little bit mesmerized by it, and they're amazed at it um, because it's real. It's life. It's real to them. They see it right in front of them. Now, we're going to go back through this. I'm going to kind of pick it apart. Uh, let's go all the way back to verse, well, we'll, we'll start at 6, uh, Matthew 7, 6. Well, yeah, let's start there because it, it kind of, that kind of throws you for a loop. Everybody knows the don't judge, get the speck out of your eye. Um, but right here where it says, do not give to dogs what is sacred, do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under feet and turn and tear you to pieces. This is speaking to the ones that throw out judgmental like uh, sayings and slogans like, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> you know, or just like, you know, better get right or get left. You know, just like joking things about people going to hell because it's just, they're just flippantly saying stuff like that and they're crushing people with it and they act like it's not a big deal and they're being like holier than thou. You better, you need to do this. <laughs> You know, or, or even like hang my religion on the door kind of, you know, just these little sayings that people say, they're not, they're not taking seriously what's going on and they're, they're acting like they, they have this great power and this great control and this great arrogance. And what he's saying is don't do that because I know your heart. And you're just as messed up as they are. <laughs> and what will happen is you keep spouting that stuff out and somebody's going to catch you, somebody that, that knows you, and they're going to say, wait a minute, what about this? And they're going to tear you to pieces because you've built everything. I'm getting ahead of myself, but you've built everything on sand. You built everything on your self-righteousness. And they're gonna, what's going to happen is you keep spouting that stuff off because you think you're better than people. Somebody's going to call you out on it. And then you're going to realize that everything you've built up on, that all this these works-based religion that you've said, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this, it's all going to fall apart one day because you're, you're, you're just throwing it out because you're arrogant because you've done it. Does that make sense? 
casting your pearls before. So I always wondered what that meant. I was like, why did he throw that in there? Now he's continuing. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find it. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son, this is our position with God, ask for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or ask for fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, uh, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you? Now this is where I wanted to go with this, but the Lord took me in a different direction, so I'll follow him. <laughs> but this kind of speaks to what we talked about last week with gifts. Gifts aren't complicated. Um, I'll give you two experiences of mine. Some of you may have heard this, some of you may have not. Um, when I got saved, I was, I was kind of, I call it radically saved because I was, I guess every, every salvation is radical. But for me, it was radical because it was personal. But, uh, but I was 20 years old, <clears throat> um, was born again, cloud nine. If, if you've ever been born again, you're, you're excited, it happens, and you're just like, this is awesome. And then I felt like I need to catch up, so I'm trying to figure out all these scriptures because I hadn't read my Bible in a long time, so I'm trying to do all the things that good Christians do. There's nothing wrong with that. I learned a lot in it, but I was trying to do something instead of just being someone. Does that make sense? I was trying really hard to, to do something, to, to make myself something I already was. And so what happened was um, I tried real hard. I went to a very charismatic, uh, hello? I went to a very charismatic, uh, <laughs> is that you? Is that you? No, uh, so, uh, so I went to a very charismatic church, and nothing wrong with charismatic churches. We're People would consider us charismatic, whatever. But a very charismatic church, but there was, there was a lot of concert prayer, and, and you know, we would worship with our hands up, and we'd go up front every Sunday, and we'd, we'd you know, just lay down at the altar, and, we'd, and a pastor would come around and lay hands, and people would fall out. Have you been to service like that? We've had services like that here. And I wanted that. I wanted everything that God had for me, and I was, I was passionate about it. I was excited about it. But I went for months and months and months, and I wasn't going to manufacture anything on my own, but I would go up front, and he'd go, and people would fall down, and, and nothing. I was like, what? what's wrong with me? What have I done that I can't have this cool thing that everybody else has? And, uh, and same thing with speaking in tongues. I was like, I want to speak in tongues. Everybody speaks in tongues. It sounds, I mean, if it's a gift and God wants to give it to me, I want it too. And there was some mixed up teaching in some of the denominational places that I was going. But at the same time, I genuinely wanted that stuff, but I was trying really hard to get it. Uh, and Tracy will tell you a couple times where we were just praying. And it, I mean, years even, I was confessing sins that I didn't even know. You know, this might have been a sin. I'm not sure, but... What's, keep, what's, what's keeping me? And both times, the, the things that I desired um, were both very good and holy things, and both of them were very awesome when they happened, but both of them happened on God's terms and not mine, <laughs> and both of them happened by his hand, not mine. Um, months and months later, Tracy and I went to a little youth thing at what I consider to be a pretty dead, you know, cut-and-dry church that did not have, you know, the spirit moving, all this radical stuff going on. And this couple came up to me, and I won't give them the whole story, but this couple came up to me and said, hey, can I pray for you? I was like, sure, whatever. You know, I wasn't seeking anything. I wasn't trying real hard. I was like, you know, let's hold hands and pray, kind of kumbaya prayer. Yeah, cool, because that's the type of church this is. We'll just, yeah, pray. And uh, so we can do that. And, and uh, she's like, I think my husband needs to pray for you. I was like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. He comes over. And, I mean, boom, I'm on my back, just laughing. We weren't even married yet. Tracy's, like, embarrassed. <laughs> I'm in a field behind this church and just laughing and crying. I don't know how long I laid there. Do you remember? It, was long, it felt like an eternity to her because she was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nobody else is doing this. Like, this isn't like one of those services. Everybody's just hanging out like, hey, what's going on? And they're just like, boo. Where's Justin? He's laying down on the grass just laughing. But the Lord touched me, and it, it was amazing. And it'll, I'll never forget it. And, it, you know, it was radical, and it was awesome. And it was peaceful, and it was happy, and it was joy, and it was something that I hadn't felt in a long time, and it was good. But it was God just saying, there you go. You know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, why are you getting yourself worked up about it? Um. And then fast forward several years later, same thing. Uh, we went to a, a, a service, a youth service, and um, what you know, I consider my wife to be quiet and reserved and everything. And we go through this little prayer thing, and she comes out speaking in tongues. I was like, "What? What? That's not fair." I'm the I'm like I'm the charismatic, fun one, and everything. And she's quiet, and she gets it before I do. Not fair, God. And uh, <laughs> I really did. I was really like frustrated. I think that was when I really started getting. I was like. Maybe I did something. I, you know, I watched this movie. It had this one scene in it. I don't know. I'm, anyway, just anything. I was thinking, what's getting in the way here? And uh, <laughs> it was funny. But then, like weeks later, we quiet worship. We uh, we were going to live stream the type of service that I thought would would you know do something like that with me. And or back then, I would have thought that. And then the Wi-Fi was too slow or something. So our youth 
worship team gets up here and just plays, and I mean, we're just worshiping. It's just as calm as, you know, just this. I was like, you know, you know, Lord, here I am. Just worship you. You're awesome. It's good. And boom, I start speaking in tongues. It's like that. I was like, really? That that simple? I didn't get. I didn't have that feeling that I had last time. It was different than what I expected. You know what I mean? It was just different. And it's, sorry. I just, uh, I just thought about where we are now and what God was doing. Sorry. (laughs) Give me a moment. (laughs) All right. Um, whew. I see now, I didn't know then that we would be where we are now. He did. Oh, yeah, he did. And I can see that he was preparing me for this. Nothing special about me, but I see now what was happening. Sorry. It just kind of hit me. And he was, he was putting me in a humble place, I believe, so that I wouldn't get arrogant. And I wouldn't have that kind of attitude, because I would have back then, to be honest. I would... I would I would have been arrogant. And some of you guys knew me when I was like that. I was uh, passionate about the Lord, but I was just as passionate about making those things happen by my own abilities. Whew. Ah, I got lost there. All right, where was I going? All right, sorry. I need to quit apologizing. Somebody told me that. It was very refreshing. I need to quit apologizing for this stuff because it's, it's good. All right. So anyway, so there's gifts. That's what I was talking about. Whew. Gifts aren't nearly as complicated as you... Uh, as you think they are. God's very happy to give them to you, just ask. And rest in knowing that he'll give them to you in his time. And, and when it's necessary, because I thought I needed that stuff then, and I didn't. I'm glad, I have, I'm glad that, that happened where I am now. But at the same time, God knew the timing and knew what was going to happen and how it was going to happen, so trust him. It's not really what I was going to say there, but that's what I'm, what I'm saying now. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, whoo, let's see. All right, narrow gate, wide gate. Um, verse 13. So enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the, is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Now, he's continuing that same thought we were just talking about, right? And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. What he's talking about here is wide is the gate, it's not talking about making the bad decisions and the, the good decisions, right? Because he, uh, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself there with the fruit trees. And he's going to reiterate this with the fruit trees. But he's talking about Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to the Father. Now, we don't, I don't drive a stake in the ground about every single doctrine and theology that I have because I'm human and I can make mistakes too. But that's the one thing I'll drive a stake in the ground. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Um, but it's not bad news. <laughs> that's good news. Because... He's free, and he's giving gifts to everybody, and he, his gate is open. It may be narrow because it's just him, but it's wide open. Broad is the gate. There are many religions out there that will build themselves up on self-improvement, that will give you a formula to get your life straight. Some even that claim to be Christians will get you in this, in this machine of religion, in this machine of doing, and they will, it will crush you over time. You will fall apart because it's built on sand. And it's hard to say because there's a lot of great churches out there. I'm not just trying to down all the churches. But there are some churches that will get caught up in that machine. And I heard a pastor say it's a multi-billion dollar machine. And it's a sin management machine. And it says come back to us because we have the answer. And it's, it's gravitating back towards the way the, the Roman Catholic Church and all the way back to the Old Covenant. Back into, you know, if you want to go straight back to a covenant that's not there. So what's happening is he's not saying do the right stuff and don't do the wrong stuff. He's saying... Here's the narrow gate. It's Jesus. The, the gate's wide open. Come join us. It's good. This is good news. Broad is the gate because there's plenty of ways that you can try to figure out your own way to get it. That's what he's saying there. Verse 15 says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. But inward, inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Same thing. People are teaching you that that's the way. He's talking about false prophets and teaching you that you can, get, you can do this on your own. Uh, a false prophet will be one that comes and says, "You don't. Yes, Jesus is good. He was a good moral teacher. These are good things. Um, but but all you need Jesus. But you also need this. You need Jesus, but you also need self improvement. You need Jesus, but you also need us. <laughs> need no. You need Jesus. Period. That's it. 
and he says, this is, you'll recognize them by their fruit. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. There's no back and forth fruit production here. Good trees don't produce a bunch of good fruit and occasionally produce some bad fruit. And then they have to go, oh no, am I a good tree or am I a bad tree? This is how salvation is amazing because it finishes the work in your heart already. Though we are still in a lifelong process and it'll take the rest of our lives to really fully understand what's happened at at the cross and in our hearts, it's a done deal. This is what gives us the boldness to share this good news with other people because we know that it's done already. We know that when we leave this place, it's in our hearts. This Holy Spirit goes with us, that it's not uh, a checklist of, of do's and don'ts and things that we can and cannot do, but it is, it is a, a new life. I imagine a, a Play-Doh or like a Mr. Potato Head. You know, people want to add religion, add these things to them. That's not, we even got into a discussion. I hope I don't run anybody off with, with this kind of, you know, doctrine about once saved, always saved, not once saved, always saved. But we got, I got into a discussion about it the other night, and I thought, well, what are we talking about here? What is saved? Let's talk about salvation. What are we losing if you say, well, you lose your salvation, or you don't lose it, or you misplace it? Where did it go? What is it? So we talk about salvation, we're talking about being born again, right? That's what the Bible tells us we're born again. Can you be unborn again? I don't know that you can be unborn again. I don't see that anywhere. And so there's, there, there are these scriptures that, that we can pull out and, and apply to this specific subject or this specific subject, but at the same time, you look at the very basis of what we're talking about, you, you didn't add Jesus to your life, you died. <laughs> this is what baptism is, is a, is a physical representation, representation of what happened. You gave up your old life, your dead life, and you took on his new life. This isn't an addition to you. It is, it is by which everything else comes from. <laughs> it is your new life. It does I don't... I can't fathom how that could ever go anywhere. So I'll leave that there. We can talk about it more extensively later. But anyway, what I'm saying is a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. It's as simple as that. That, that stuff is done. We're righteous through Christ, and that's, how, that's who we are. And so I, that's the whole identity thing again. Um, so it's either one or the other. Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter my kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who, do, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? Do we not drive out demons? Do we not perform many miracles? And I will say to the plain, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So you see the contrast there. We prophesied. We drove out demons. We performed. We did the things we thought were the right things to do. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Know there is an intimate term. And we've talked about this before. Intimate has been transliterated in our language as something sexual. It's not just sexual. Intimate is a deep, deep knowing of someone. You know them. This is the relationship. Yeah. Um, getting back to the tree thing, um, I think once you become, let's say, for example, an apple tree, um, a two-year-old apple tree is probably not going to produce apples, but it is an apple tree. Right. And the, and the, the fruit is just the promise of what's going to come out of that life. Right. Right. It's going to be apples. There's no choice about this time. You are now an apple tree. Right. So just like when we're born again, we will be producing good fruit. It's a process where we begin to mature. It starts happening. Right. Exactly. Fruit happens. That's our slogan. We have a little hashtag. Fruit happens. <laughs> it's a play on the trucker caps, but it's still funny. Um, the, but you're exactly right because, and here's, here's, ooh, I just thought of something too. And this comes off of an analogy that Brian gave me about screaming at a caterpillar to turn into a butterfly. But in the same way, but in the same way, because it's an inward, inward transformation, in the same way, a baby fruit tree or baby fruit tree is no less a fruit tree. If you scream at it all day long or try to tell it to bear fruit, it's not going to bear fruit until it's mature and it bears fruit. It's just what it does. It's a very natural thing. The same way, you know, Pastor Mark would tell us, you know, you don't. He's never passed through Florida, and and gone through the orange groves and heard, <laughs> and oranges pop out. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Oranges are naturally produced by orange trees. It happens. Fruit happens. <laughs> I did that. No. <laughs> You're a fruit tree. <laughs> You're a fruit tree. Yeah, you can quote me on that. I just thought about something, too, because um, so fruit trees can't produce fruit unless they've been pollinated by bees, and so bees are kind of like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's too deep. 
I wasn't prepared for that, and I don't have any cool analogy for it. You did it already. Here, just take my mic, Bill. That's good. Well, ah, you're, you're, you're making me think. No, it's good, but it's, making, it's taking me a different direction. Um, squirrel. Squirrel, yeah. I want to encourage you. <laughs> I want to encourage you, if your kids, I'm serious, this is serious, it's funny, but if your kids have a little bit of like ADD or something like that, don't, don't think, don't think that there's, that, that they're not going to, they're not going to be able to articulate things or be able to do things because I was bad and I'm still, I'm still bad at it. And so I still have, I still struggle with some of that attention stuff. So I'm telling you, don't put too much emphasis on something that you think may be a disadvantage. It could be an advantage. And also, don't put too much don't put too much faith in your personality or your kid's personality because it could change too. Because I was, for years of my life, I was very reserved and angry, and I'm not anymore. Holy Spirit can change you. Not, not to say he always, you may have a similar personality, but the Holy Spirit does some pretty crazy, kooky, great things. Um, we're peculiar people for sure. So I'm st- stuck on pollination, Bill. Dang it. All right. <clears throat> so, yes, tree, and I got backed up to trees again. But yeah, you, in the same way, you. It's no less a fruit tree because it's a baby fruit tree. This goes back a couple Sundays when I was talking about being patient and waiting for, waiting for God to do things in your life that we, we're all, you know, there's been several people talking about millennials are impatient because they have all this access or whatever. Well, we, we're all impatient. They, it's just we have better technology now, so it's easier to be impatient. It's not millennials. They're not the problem. Anyway, we always want to find something outside of what's really wrong and then sell books that will fix it. With a, never mind. That book, I can't get over it. That book had, it was scented with optimism. That was the name of the scent that this guy scented this book with that he was selling. And he was selling on social media that he was talking about. Anyway, that's funny. He was talking about social media was like drugs or whatever. Anyway, verse 21, uh, perform. Yeah, so we're not, when you meet the Lord, it's because you, you know him. That's why you're, we're, he's father. This is continuing that same thought. He's father, we're son. We hear from him, we talk, we, we communicate. Hey, I need this. And he's like, okay, I got you. But maybe in a month or maybe in a couple years or maybe right now. But it's the trust thing. Either we trust him or we don't. Either you're in or you're out. Either you're a future tree or you're a thistle tree. And thistles, us in with thorns, right? Thistles, thorns? Okay. I don't speak ancient languages always. Um, anyway, so you're either one or the other. And where does the fruit come from? Tr- <laughs> where does the fruit come from? Thr- can't talk. Come from. Where's the fruit come from? Bill, don't say anything. Where's the fruit come <laughs> Not bees or pollen, no. The fruit comes from, we abide in the vines, the fruit comes from the Lord. We don't even produce the fruit, we just share it. Once again, easy thing. Grace puts us in a peculiar position because now we don't have to figure out how to do it, we just share it. We get it from him, we share it with people. Game over. Done. Uh, Verse 24, therefore anyone who hears these words, the words he's been saying of mine and puts them into practice, like a wise man who built his house on rock, built his house on Jesus, built his house on Jesus' finished work, on the cross, built his house on Christ, on the rock of everything, on, on the new life that you have. You built everything off of that. You don't add things to you. You have that, and then everything else flows from that. Fruit. Um, and so when you do that, rain comes down, streams rise, stuff blows, doesn't fall because you have a firm foundation. And your foundation is that narrow gate, that faith in Jesus, that, that solid rock uh, by which we find everything in life. But everyone who hears these words of mine, don't put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand, which is his own, his own either selfish ambition or his own self-righteousness or his own ability to get himself somewhere he really can't even get himself. And it goes all the way back to the casting the pearls before swine thing. If you want to try to build your life on that, there's 613 laws. If you want to go back to an old covenant that's dead, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. It's not just Ten Commandments. Don't fool yourself into thinking that's what the law is. That's the Mosaic law, but trust me, they added lots more to it. And if you want to, if you want to go down that path, you're going to be a stupid carpenter. <laughs> you're going to be, I say that because in the message version, that's what he calls them. And I may, I may title this message that, don't be, don't be a stupid carpenter. Um, so this is full of analogies with trees and carpenters and bees and pollination. Does nobody mention birds? I'm not, getting, I'm not going down that road. So what, I wonder if the, Never mind. I was thinking of the wood that you build the houses on comes from trees. I wonder if he's trying to tie it. No, probably not. When, uh, 
So when Jesus had finished saying these things, the, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not just as a teacher of the law. So he's speaking as someone that, that has life and is speaking out of his life. He's not speaking of just doctrine. He's not just speaking of law. He's not just speaking of ways that you can get better, not a 10-step program, not a three-step program. He's speaking of one who has authority, who has access to the Father, and that is very, I've said radical a lot, radical. That's a very radical thought for these people, and they're just like, ah, this is amazing. This guy is, is, is really knows what he's talking about, and he's connected to the Father. But here's the thing. The fruit of morality and good works tastes so good sometimes. Sometimes we want to go back to that. We want to eat of that, that fruit, and we want to say, oh, we can do this on our own. We can do this. We can really make this work. And this goes all the way back to Genesis, and I'm not, I'm not going to go through that because we really don't have time. But do you remember what happened in Genesis when they ate of the fruit of the, knowledge of the, uh, the, fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil? Um, and that was the fall of man. This is what Jesus restored back to us. We're not fall. We're, we, we, when we accepted Christ, all of that was taken away, and we're back in good right standing with God again, and we can walk with him in the cool of night, that kind of thing. Um, but it's very tempting because it seems and feels right sometimes. And this is exactly what happened. And what's funny is the same thing they did, what happened as soon as they ate from it, uh, God comes back, and they shouldn't have been afraid of him, but they were afraid of him. But that's not what he wanted. That wasn't his heart for them. He's like, hey, where are you guys at? Um, or where are you guys? Don't end the sentence in a preposition, Justin. Where are you guys? <laughs> where are you guys? And, and they were like, they were hiding in the bushes, and they had made fig leaves to cover themselves up because they were naked. And he was like, who told you you were naked? Why do you even know that? What's interesting is they did that on their own, in their own ability. They, they put these fig trees up as though they had fixed this. He can't see us now. Same thought process here. Same thing we've been dealing with. It's not a millennial problem. It's not a new problem. It's a problem from the beginning of time. They, they tried to fix this broken relationship on their own, and God saw right through it. You can't. And he, he put, in, put into place a way for, for us to know him. But they tried to do it on their own, and it didn't work out. You all know the story. Um, but it is tempting sometimes for us to do that. I'm going to go back. Um, I'm not going to go that way. But I'm going to go back and read from the message. I'm read all the scriptures I'm going to go through. So just bear with me with because it kind of plays out. And, and it makes a little more sense as he tells it all the way through in the Message Bible because it feels more like uh, a story than just reading through just numbers of scriptures. So I want to read this to you. Um, whoops, I backed up to six because of that this morning. Um, all right, verse one, Matthew seven, verse one. Let me read before I go down this path. I'm going to read it kind of quick. Verse one, don't, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. <laughs> and listen to the wording here, because I bet many of you have experienced this, either on one side of it or the other. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you, when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Whew. Wipe that ugly sneer off your face, off your own face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Don't be flipped with the sacred. He's talking about casting the pearls before swine. Banter and silliness gives no honor to God. Don't reduce holy mysteries to slogans and trying to be relevant. You're only being cute and inviting sacrilege. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat-and-mouse hide-and-seek game we're in. If your child asks you for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks you for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, <laughs> you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children, so don't you think God will conceive, uh, God who conceived you in love will be even better? Here's a simple rule of thumb, guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, <laughs> 
Not just that. He doesn't stop there because I smile a lot. Beware of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off <laughs> some way or another. <laughs> Don't be impressed with, with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees and their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now. At the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me saying, Master, we preached this message. We bashed demons. Our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourself important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. <laughs> These words I speak to you are not uh, incidental additions to your life. That's what I'm talking about. We'll just add this stuff to our lives. They're not incidental, in, incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, let me back up. If you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter <laughs> who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religion teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Whew, that's good stuff right there. Listen, this is, this is why we, and if you're visiting here, this is what we do at our church. We gather here on Sundays, but I'll give you a little bit of backstory. We, we, Tracy and I took over this church about a year ago, and we're in process learning how to pastor. Because I don't, I don't want to take for granted that the way every other church does is the way that we should do it. Or the way that we, we the only way we know it, you know, is this certain way. So we've sought the Lord in that to see how we need to do it, and I think there's been a lot of emphasis on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and quiet times and uh, worship meetings. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, and I encourage you to come because it would be pretty bad if you didn't because we wouldn't have a church. But the emphasis should be on the times when you're not in this building, your life, your friends, your family, those things. That's, that's when those kind of things happen. Yeah. Sure. Here, hang on, hang on, let me give you a mic. Can we get him a, is somebody up there in the sound, sound booth? I keep forgetting we, we, we have a podcast, and if I don't give anybody a mic, people, are, people, out, in the, or people out in the digital world are like, oh, what? Um, last um, past Sunday, he mentioned about, you know, stepping out, praying for people, and um, also was talking about being part of the body, part of the, and during the week, I, I've been trying to read in Genesis and also too, in our conversations, we've been reading in John, and some things just, it seemed like it all came together last week, and then I, after I'd gotten through praying, I think it was like Tuesday or whatever, Tuesday night, I was just, you know, Lord, help me, use me, because, you know, help me to step out. Thursday, this 21-year-old young man came to our house. He works for the air conditioning company that we have the maintenance contract with. And when he came in, he, you know, he just had that frustrated on his face and the you know, look on his face and everything. And I was in the kitchen and I was trying to, we were in a hurry because I was trying to get Hannah to acting class and, and I only had a certain window. So, I mean, my mind wasn't on, you know, you know, doing anything uh, except trying to get us out of the house and help him to hurry up so he can get him out of that, so he can get going. He came in, he was starting to run, and he cursed out, Jesus Christ. 
Now, somebody who is legalistic and, you know, just would, would have just screamed at them, you don't say that in my house, you don't do it. But it just held back. We've been talking about grace, you know, about showing grace. And, it's, and all of a sudden, I saw my ears popped up. You know, it's like, you know, stood up like, you know, dog radar, you know. just <laughs> It was like, Lord, what is it? And as he began to talk, he began to share how he's looking for a job. His, his father had, he was going to uh, college. He was playing basketball. But his dad got messed up on drugs and stuff like that, and all that just went out the window. And, you know, his heart starts going out. You know? And at one point, I don't know if how many of y'all remember, I, I, um, about two years ago, the same company put a cat, guy had come out, and he put like two pounds of coolant into the air conditioner, which is very bad. So, and it was about April, and I had, and I was telling him this story about how, uh, uh, the person who was over me at work wanted to give me a pay raise and to raise me up to the person who actually had, you know, she had, she had been working there longer than I'd have, but he, he wanted me to raise my pay up to her, her pay. And um, because I was doing a lot more stuff and everything than at the time. And, and so I was telling him the story how when I was standing there, the guy walks back in and tells me that, you know, you put two pounds in and, and I didn't know, you know, I was trying to be the good thing, you know, do the be good steward and, you know, going to save money up and pay for it. And, and when he told me this, all of a sudden the peace of God hit me and I said, yes, we're going to go ahead and do it. I didn't know how we were going to pay for it, but he did it. Come to find out, after her thing went through, it's like this guy was holding it on his desk. His vice president was holding it on his desk. Anyway, I've been, you know, God released that thing. Ended up almost to the penny of what we were going to pay for the air conditioner. Wow. I mean, very, very close to it. Wow. And I told him this story. When I said it was very, oh, to the penny, he looked at me. I was like, really? I said, yes. And so when he got done with the inside, he was starting to go out. And I said, well, let me pray for you. I said, Father, in Jesus' name, we just, I just ask that you just help him to f- find a job, open the doors that he needs to open, that you need to open, help him to find a job. And he went out, worked on the outside part. When he came back in, he said, I got a text from somebody. <laughs> As a, I think it was a company that was, uh, that was trying to help him find a job. Yeah. He said, they'd never texted me before. And um, as I was going, you know, I started to invite him to church. I was going, you know, I was going to say, hey, why don't you go? But when, I, when you look back after you've done, done, you know, you've talked to somebody like this and you're going back through slow mode, all of a sudden I, I realized I was doing that. God put a stop sign on me and said, stop. And so instead of saying, you know, would you like to come to church with us? It was find yourself a good church. Find yourself, you know, get into Jesus. Find and he said, well, well, I, I go to, I go to uh, the church you mentioned. And um, I said, oh, well, good, good. He said, well, I haven't been to that often. I said, I encourage you to go. I encourage you to. Well, as I'm driving Hannah to acting class, I realize, duh, the guy that I work with goes to that church and a very strong Christian. Very, and so when I got home, I, I called him and I said, hey, Brent, you know, this guy was telling me, and he, he needs he needs y'all right now because this is he's part of your family, he's part of he's part of your family, and you, and th- this guy's hurting and he needs he needs somebody from y'all to pick him up, and plus two y'all would know, you know, know more of his situation and everything, and be with him. And Brent said, "Oh man, I thank you so much." Well, then I thought about the body, and I was thinking, "Hey, yeah, this is the little toe calling the thumb." <laughs> yeah. That's good, that's good. You got a hangnail that, that, you know, (laughs) and uh, he he needs y'all to, he needs y'all right now and and, and to minister to him and to lift him up. And so I can't wait to find out, you know, what Brent tells me. But pray for Jeremy. His name is Jeremy. Pray for him. And um, I don't know whether he was saved, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know know the whole story because it didn't say. But. He needs Jesus. He needs somebody. Yeah. He needs he, and because of the father situation, he needs somebody to come up beside a man to come up beside him and be a good father to show yeah. him who God the Father is. <clears throat> and uh, it just it just hit me with all that stuff because it's like, oh wow, part of unity. And then uh, I'm sorry. One of, <laughs> during this week, 
I, last week you mentioned something about praying for people. Yeah. That you were going to Sorry, I'm behind you. And, yeah. and pray for people. Yep. Well, I was dreaming, and I dreamed about Daniel, about you coming up. Uh, well, I came up, and you were going to pray. And the Lord just gave me a, a thing, Daniel, just of, of just about unity and praying for you, of, of just stepping out in that unity, and you and your wife. And as, as it kept going along, as, as this whole week kept going along, it was... The demonstration is like I was showing a demonstration of how unity, but we need each other. Yeah. We need we need the body to form because if the hand doesn't is not working, it makes the harder for the foot. And and, and if, if we're not all on the same page, if we're not if the body's not running like it's supposed to, then you know it. it, it, it we need we need the whole body and. And uh, and Mark, man, he, when Mark told me he just came, he just came to know Jesus. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh man, welcome. You know, it's, it's like welcome to the kingdom, welcome to the family. Yeah. And we and uh, there's uh, one of the TV guys, one of the ones that I kind of like to actually watch. He's been talking about that too, as that we to, we need to come together, no matter no matter. Mm-hmm. What background, no matter what denomination, what we've yeah. got to come together now. And what's 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 great about that too is, um, in in the in the olden days, or in in a lot of the religious circles, it would be primary. We need to get them saved. We need to get them to church. Get them saved. Get them to church. What that does is it takes all the responsibility off of yourself to listen to the Holy Spirit in those situations. Instead of saying, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me to to, to speak to this man or this young woman or whoever it is? What what are you saying? Because well, we'll just get them to church and let them talk to the preacher. Let's, we'll, you just need to get to church. You just need to pray more. You just need to read more. It takes all the relationship out. Do you see it? You see what happens when we when we, we fall into those things? doesn't mean all those things are bad. Come to church, please. I want more people to come to church. That's great. But it doesn't have to be our church. You know, it doesn't have to be. Hopefully, there's, you know, we want to send them to a good, a, a good life-giving church and people that can support them. And if you know somebody there, man, get them plugged in with those people. But it doesn't have to be, you know, I need to, Right now, right now, right now, I need to make these things happen because that comes back to you or puts it off on me or the pastor of the church. Well, and the thing, too, what I thought, as I thought about later was it wasn't about, you know, oh, how can we grow this church? It was Jeremy. Right. It was Jeremy. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not, yeah. And what's cool is you, you praying for Daniel just reminded me that he's a big part of the Port of One. Yeah, the whole unity thing, and that's what they're doing. The bridge community is several churches come together. They work, they practice worship here uh, the other night, which is probably why the sounds a little kooky. But, um, but they practice worship here to, the other night because we're we're part of that. It's it's all mobile. They're going to all the streets and praying for everybody in mobile. It's all denominations. It's all the churches coming together, and so it's interesting that you you got that word for for Daniel because that's he's a big part of that that too. Okay. If we're holding each other's hand and we're like this. What is, what is the weak? What's the weak part? We're strong here, but what's what's the weak part? It's your other arm. So what needs to happen? Come here, Bill. I need you. You stand on this side. I was about to say. What's happened? What happened is is that Bill comes along. He holds his leg. I'm up. I'm not prepared. Now <laughs> I don't have an undershirt on. And now see, he's you know now he's strengthened. But as we go along together. It just that, that's what I got in, in Daniel, you know, just of just of the just of strengthening the body and that how God has put you in this place to strengthen the body. You know, you may think you've got a little part in it, but you've got a big part in it. Come here. Come on, we're <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean take I just I would man, I here, just, take this, this. This was just God just has been it hit just I don't know, Let's pray for Daniel. I want to be I want to be specific here too because because um, Daniel is really has kind of has been a part of the bridge. Come over here. Um, he's been a part of the, the the bridge community, and we really haven't connected with them um, much until just recently. And through no like uh, I mean it's not like self promotion or anything. He just goes and worships and, and helps and leads. Same with us. We're just like oh this is cool. We'll be a part of this, and it's churches coming together. Um, but Daniel has been an, uh, an integral part of that, of, of that 
team of people. Um, he's incredibly talented, uh, musician uh, and engineer, <laughs> but he's a uh, but he's got a but he's got a genuine but he's got a genuine heart for the Lord and 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 he can see through some of those denominational barriers and see the love of, the love that God has for people that even disagree with some doctrines or disagree with some things. He can see through that and see past that. And he's even expressed that to me as well. Um, so yeah, we, we want to pray for you. Um, Lord, uh, we just we just received that word uh, that Charles gave just now for Daniel. Lord, uh, um, I pray that that it would just uh, continue to stir in, in Daniel. Lord, as he leaves this place and, and they go and they practice worship in different churches and he meets different people and and comes in contact with other with other people who who worship and other people who teach and and he can just demonstrate that love that you've given him and he can demonstrate that that um, that heart that you've given him. Lord, that he would just overflow and that that the fruit that's produced. Uh, will just be magnificent <laughs> that it'll be it'll be so uh it'll be so great that that he he doesn't even know how that that much i just i'm seeing just like a, a vision of just an overflowing and just an abundance of fruit and even even daniel's surprised at it um and so i just uh i just i, I pray for him right now and i just claim that in jesus name amen, amen. good deal thank you that was good so <clears throat> part of uh and I'm going to wrap up. I, know I, I promised y'all I'd give you an hour back, and I'm going to take one. Uh, so I'm going to pray for you guys. We'll, we'll wrap it up. I want you guys to have a good day, and it seems like it stopped raining. But if you guys will stand up with me, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, yeah, before I pray, if you can stay afterwards, um, because we prayed for Miss, and she's not, she's not been totally manifest her healing yet, so our back is, is still kind of messed up. So if you can stay afterwards, we're having the yard sale next week. If you stay afterwards, just to move the chairs to the outside. And the tables from the splash zone in here. Um, anybody that's willing to do it, we appreciate it. Um, obviously, guests, y'all don't need to feel obligated to do that, but you're welcome to if you want to. Um, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so just if you can't stay after service, I want to pray for you guys, Lord. Uh, we just thank you for the service. We thank you for the people in here, Lord. This is not a, a one-man show by any means, um, but it is your body, uh, and we're just a part of the bigger body, even. But but we just uh, we just thank you for your revelation. We thank you for your your heart that you've given us. You've taken away um, our, our our old dead life, and you've given us new life. So we thank you for new life. We thank you for abundant life. We thank you for the joyous life that you've given us. Continue to uh, just manifest your nature in us. Um, point, help us uh, see those people, uh, those, those uh, divine meetings as we, we leave this place and, and, uh, and give us that boldness that it's not about us anyway. We don't have any excuse. Lord, all the, all the grace you've given us, we have no excuse not to just love people and pray for them and share that fruit that you've given us. Lord, help us just to see our source and share it with other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.